podcast. We're your hosts, Mike the Dad, Nicholas the Son. Okay, guys, so what we're doing this evening is we're actually going to be covering episode two, which is Revelation. Uh, just really been, yeah, technically three, but I've been really trying to figure this out in my head, and I think before we even start getting into apologetics, I think I need to make sure that both of you kids are grounded in what's called doctrine, right? It's it's basic studies about the character of God and other things like sin and man and creation and all these things. We need to have a good understanding about before we even start trying to defend the truth. Because if we don't even know what we believe, then it's just a waste of time. So the plan is we're going to be going through a little primer, uh, little excerpts from um, a book that I'm reading, Concise Theology by J.I. Packer. And it's pretty good. So we're going to be going through the little subheadings uh, in the book. And so today's topic is Revelation. And so are we ready to go? Uh, Yeah. How about you, Paige? I think so. Okay. All right. The subject is scripture is the word of God. Uh, Nicholas, can you read Exodus 32, 16 for me? Okay, sure. The tablets were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. So that's going to set us up for trying to figure out how God communicates to his people and how he communicated in the past and how he communicates with Christians today. It's the same. How does he communicate, Paige? With what? What does he use? The Bible. That's right. That's right. And so the Bible, also known as the Word. And uh, yeah. he also uses the Bible to tell the people to tell other people about the Bible. Yep, that's right. That's right. What are some other names for the Bible? We just said one, right? Yeah. Starts with an S. Scripture. Uh-huh. What else? The Word. That's right. And the Bible. Right. Logos, right? Logos, that's a nice, where we get our, our, our word logic from, root uh, word. That's fun. Yeah. Okay, so Christianity, okay, it is the true worship and service of the true God. He is the creator, and he is the redeemer of humanity. We talked about the gospel, right, yeah. last episode, and we talked about how Christ came to redeem a people to his own, to make right before God. And so once he did that, and he was raised from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, his disciples wrote about him, and so it revealed truths about God, right, and Christ, because Christ was who also? Jesus. Okay, and who else was he? God. Yes, he was God. So yeah, Christianity rests on what? What do we lean on to gain any understanding on how to lead our lives and how to figure out what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it? The Bible. That's right. And who is that for? For whose glory? God's glory. That's right. That's right. So Christianity rests on Revelation. Because no one would know anything about God or the truths of God unless what? He was. Do we seek God out? No. No, right? God seeks us out. That's right. Because Romans says no one seeks God, no, not one, right? All have turned aside. So in order for us to even understand an inkling of who God is, he has to reveal himself to us, not the other way around. And so that's why episode two is all about revelation, because God is revealing himself through truth in the Bible. So, Paige, how many books are there in the Bible? 66. How many were written before Christ in the Old Testament? 39. That's right. How about 
about you, Nicholas? How many after Christ? No, no. 27. 27, Eight. that's right. Okay, so the the purpose and function of the Bible was to do what? What do you think? To record mm -hmm. the events. I want to say record. Right. I don't know why. To record events and certain, certain aspects of what happened in the past. What else does it do? It helps us to what? Express. Express. Express God's glory. Helps us uh, understand God expressing himself or interpret what is being said in the Bible. What is it? I like the big word embody. What what does it ultimately do, Paige? Uh, and embody God's disclosure. That's right. So do you know what that means? To embody? Nicholas, what, it, what what's to embody? I can't put it into words. But it is a word. I can't put it into words. I can't say it, but I can understand it. <laughs> what do you understand about it? I can't put it into words. <laughs> I'm bad at explaining things. So it expresses or gives tangible or visible proof about something or its quality, right? So ultimately, it shows the proof of God disclosing himself or showing himself as who he is to his created people, right? Or to his creation, okay? So the whole theme about the Bible is that God and godliness are the uniting themes about the Bible, And most right? importantly, God talking about um, how he helped other people and how people should believe in God. That's right. Because we understand God when we read the Bible because he reveals himself. He reveals himself as a holy God, a righteous God, a just God, a wrathful God, but also a loving God, a merciful God, a long-suffering God. And all these are written in the Bible. So they're telling us, hey, this is the God that you worship. This is the real God. And so because of these things that he shows us in the Bible, we are called to be godly like him. Yes. Be holy for I am holy. Scriptures, right? We just talked about that. It's the Bible. They are basically a testimony or they show proof to people about their God. Okay. Mm -hmm. So scripture also does this. It is God's own testimony and teaching in human form because God used Moses to write the things down. He worked with prophets and prophets in the Old Testament and the New Testament. They were sent to do what? They were messengers, right? Mm -hmm. And what was the message? Repent, believe, be godly, be holy. Yeah. Who do you think is the last prophet? Jesus. He is a prophet. Oh, wait. But the last God? prophet. John the Baptist. That's right. right. The last true prophet that proclaimed was John the Baptist. So, but Christ was in the position of the prophet as well, the greater prophet. We can see the authorship and content in the Bible are divine. What 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 does divine mean? Holy. That's right. What do you what else? What do you think divine means, Paige? Nicholas said it's holy. What else? What do you think? Informal? <laughs> <laughs> the definition is for uh, from or like God. So divine, he's showing his splendor, his goodness, his beauty, his, his divinity, his, his great power. That's what that means, okay? Now, Jesus Christ talked a lot about what in the in the Gospels? What did he talk about? What did he always refer that got everybody riled up when he would say it? We, these questions are going to be asked. So if I was an unbeliever, I'm going to say, well, why did Jesus always talk about him being God to all these people? And when, anytime he said it, what would they do? Get mad. And what would they try to do? Get Kill him. Yeah. 
Yeah. They like to kill people. Yeah. But as he was doing that, he was pointing people to the scriptures. And what was their scripture that they were using? Was it the New Testament or the Old Testament? Old, Old Testament. Right, because the New Testament hadn't been created yet. Mm -hmm. But it was in the works. Wait, so, is it called the New Testament because um, they they fl God flooded the world and only let Noah and his family and Daniel? That's Testament, the Old right? Testament. The Old Testament is before Jesus came. And then the New Testament is when he arrived. I died believe. and then he was resurrected, right? So it's everything. So typically in the New Testament, what is the New Testament all about usually? God. That's a good general answer. But who is it about? God. Who is the one that was making a big ruckus in the New Testament in the four Gospels? I'm still Jesus. Exactly. I'm, I'm still learning about Daniel. It's okay. So, so the New Testament is the New Testament after Jesus. It tells everything about the authorship of Christ, who he is, and all of those things. A lot of that stuff in the New Testament is specifically pointing to Jesus Christ being God, being the Son of God, and being the redemption story for mankind, right? So that's what the New Testament, that's a good question. So let's let's take a look at some Bible verses because we definitely need to um, check out some Bible verses as we talk about Revelation and Scripture. Nicholas, um, why don't you read Matthew 4, 4 and 7 and 10 and then Paige, I'll help you find Matthew 10, I'm sorry, Matthew 5, 19 through 20. Okay. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up. Let, your, let you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Good, that's good. Now, what do you see from that, son? Because this part right here we're talking about, Jesus, when he was teaching, he was teaching about him being the Son of God, being God, um, and he was also kind of exemplifying or he was um, modeling, if you can say it that way, how to obey. Now, you know what I found interesting when you read that was Satan was trying to tempt him. But how did he overcome Satan's temptations? Scripture. Scripture. He meditated on it. He knew it by heart. And what did he do? Ultimately, he obeyed the scripture. So anytime he was being tempted, oh, man, he doesn't live by bread alone, but by the word of God. So he was helping himself fight the temptation of Satan by quoting scripture, obeying scripture, and meditating on it, and just living it out and that's what we're called to do okay now Paige, do you have the scripture yes matthew 5 mm -hmm. okay 19 through 20 okay um, read 19 through 20 go ahead anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least 
in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees Mm -hmm. and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. It's a really good verse because you see the contrast. We're talking about Christ and how Christ is showing the people in in Matthew chapter uh, 4 and then in chapter 5. He's having that discourse with the people and the Pharisees and all these people. And he's basically saying he's come to fulfill the law. But you see a, a contrast. So you see those who don't obey the word, the law will not pass from them. They will be judged by it. And he says, whoever relaxes, go ahead. Um, verse 21 in Matthew 5, yeah. Um, the verse in 21, it, it's a good verse because it says, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. Mm-hmm. See, so those are laws that we have to obey. So there's one aspect of scripture where Christ is trying to teach them, you need to obey the word of God. You need to be obedient because when you obey the word of God, you're obedient and you obey God, right? And now um, let me throw one out there and then we'll move on because there's a whole bunch of verses here. You got Matthew 19, Matthew 26, Matthew 52, you got Luke 4. So let's do this. Let's do Luke 416. I'll read that one, okay? And then we'll move on to the next part of what the scripture is all about. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Oh, wow, I got a big one. Man, why did I pick that one? <laughs> That's all right. So this one is basically talking about Jesus being rejected at Nazareth by the people of God. And I wonder why. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Man, that was really powerful because what Christ was doing was basically saying, Hey, the only guy who can fulfill that is me. And I'm here, and it's been fulfilled. And people went off. just went off. Some spoke well, and then some started doubting him. Isn't that Joseph's son? Isn't he just a carpenter, a poor carpenter like his dad? He fulfilled that scripture, whatever. But he came to be obedient to the point of the uh, death on the cross. Mm-hmm. And he is showing us his obedience to the word of God. And so we're also called to be obedient. Now, another thing, like Jesus said in Matthew four sixteen, he fulfilled. He came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill the prophecies of old. So Paige, since you're on Matthew 5, read verses 17 and 18, the verses right before what you read earlier. Okay. Do not think that I have come to all oblish the law or the prophets i have not come to oblish them but to fulfill them i tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear not the smallest letter not the least stroke of a pen will 
by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished, not That's accomplished. Right. That's right. And the word is abolish. Pull out Matthew 26, verse 24. 26, 24. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would never have been better for that man if he had not been born. Okay, so there's a fulfillment there, right? And then I'll read um, John 5, verses, uh, verse 46. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you don't believe his writings, how will you believe my words? So there, Jesus throws out a truth bomb that probably riled everybody up. He said, look, no, and this is the fulfilling of the law, right? The fulfilling of the Bible in the Old Testament. And he used, like Jesus knew the Old Testament, because it was about him. Everything in the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus. You know that, right? Noah and the rainbow, right? Remember what happened to Noah and the rainbow? Because I know you read it, Paige. You've never read Noah. Noah! Okay, we need to start a Bible plan here. Are you, are you okay, Paige? <laughs> so did you read Noah, Nicholas? Yes, what I did. What happened in, in that? Got a flood. Okay, what else happened in that oh, flood? Oh, that one? Yes. I thought you were talking about... <laughs> Paige, Paige, Paige. What other Noahs are there in the Bible? <laughs> I don't know. Uh. What happened in the book of uh, Noah and the Ark? What is it? What happened? He, um, God told them to build an ark and get two but why did he do that so that he could live and not be part of the flood and what still happened to cause god to flood the earth people didn't believe in him they didn't obey and they didn't believe that is correct now what happened after the flood um he lived <laughs> <laughs> what happened after that? He had a discussion with God, and what did God do? To, Rainbow. To, to, to promise yeah, Noah so that, that he would never flood the earth, earth again. Okay, so Noah, that was a covenant to Noah, basically stating that I'm going to keep my promise that I will never flood the earth again like, like I did. Mm -hmm. um, and every time you see a rainbow, that is to signify the covenant that God made, that he would never do that again. And anytime you water, anytime you water something, you literally see a rainbow. If you literally grab it up and then put it up, you see a rainbow. I've done that before. <laughs> So everything in, in the Old Testament points to Christ. And so that's why he said in uh, John, right? And this is a mind-blowing thought. Think about that. He said, there is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. Because everybody was setting their hope on Moses. When he was living, everybody was focused on the Old Testament, right? Mm -hmm. And it was displaying the truths about God and what God wanted from his people. Mm -hmm. And so he says this, For if you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. That was a mind-blowing statement. So he's basically saying that he's God, that he's the one, he's the Messiah that has been prophesied from the Old Testament. Even from Genesis chapter 3, it was called Proto-Evangelism, which talks about the future Messiah who was going to save humanity who was going to he was the heel was going to be bruised and he was going to step on the head of the snake and so that is a big claim and that's that's interesting because he's going to show and we're going to read in the gospels that christ was the, the the son of god a lot of people didn't believe that but he's going to show by his death his burial and resurrection that he was the son of god or is the son of god now we're also going to be talking about you know the fulfillment and the, the obeying of god's law so now let's talk about paul and his description about the old testament okay paul really does proclaim that the word of god is god breathed 
right? Meaning that it's a product of God's spirit, the breath of God. Just like when God created the earth, he used decrees, he used his breath, he communicated, let there be light, and there was light, okay? So I'm going to read this. Nicholas, read Genesis, Genesis 1, verse 2. Genesis 1 and 2. The earth was without form and void and darkness, and was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Okay, so you see that the, the creation speaks of God being the author of it, right? And then the scripture. I'm going to read it's Psalm 33 verse 6 and it says by the word of the Lord the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth all their hosts so just with one word his decree from his word his breath things came up things became alive creatures were created and so Paul basically is trying to testify and let people know hey God is true God is real he's the author of life he's the author of scripture and he's the one that wrote the Old Testament and he was the one that also used the apostles to write the New Testament okay so all of those things were written to teach all Christians all believers about who God is so page can you and read first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11 Nicholas you get Romans 15 4 let Nicholas go first Okay, okay. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus. I think I read too far. What did you catch from the verse you were supposed to read? That the Pull Old out Testament. some words. Okay, so it says, whatever was written in former days mm -hmm. was for instruction, mm -hmm. and that God may, um, that God through endurance and encouragement so what what do you think he was ref i didn't mean to interrupt you i'm uh, sorry but what do you think he was referring to when he meant former days uh old testament that's right that's right okay now what else did you pick up from that um endurance and encouragement and hope okay but what was one of the other ones right before all of that which is very important instruction that's right so the bible was written for instruction to how to live your life in godliness and holiness and in the image of Jesus Christ okay and with those instructions the end goal is endurance and encouragement and being able to live with one another that we might glorify God now Paige read 1st Corinthians chapter 10 these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warning for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has had has come Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, that was a very long, 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 long verse. Infin infinity times infinity. Wow, that was just one sentence, girl. Okay, you're right. So what do you think? What do you see in verse in, in that verse, in verse 11? Uh, examples, mm -hmm. fulfillment, mm -hmm. especially warnings. Mm -hmm. That's right. So now these things happen to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction you see the difference there he's saying yeah literally that stuff physically happened to them as an example 
for everyone to see, but it was written for us as instructions Dad. on what not to do. Dad, verse right? 10. I didn't know. Verse 10 in this, I had no idea that an angel could destroy you. It literally says, And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. Angel, um, not angel. Um, literally. Page. Have, have, you, have you heard of uh, about Moses and the plagues, right? Like Moses sending the plagues, right? Okay, so basically the tenth place. I know. An angel kills people. I hope you realize that. Wait, really? Well, I did, uh, yeah. The teacher never talked about that. Okay, no, that's fine. And this is what we're all about. We're growing, right? It's okay. Yeah. We're going to be growing in the Bible. That's why I said it's essential. So now, that this is very important that you caught that page. Um, I'm because sorry. look, now these things happen to them as an example. When when you see someone get in trouble for doing something, they've been made an example, right? They were punished in front of everybody as an example. Sinned. No, listen, they were they were that happened as an example to everyone else to show people this just happened. You're not gonna do this. Yeah, but what right? if they what if they know not to do it, but they do it? That's a right. sin. It is, and then when they get caught, they may, they're made an example, right? And so others can see that. But what I'm trying to point out here is that yeah, those things were done to them, happened to them as an example. But they were written down for our instruction, okay? So all these things you see in the Old Testament with uh, the wars that Israel and all the different kings, you know, and first kings and second kings, you know, in the book of Judges, all of those things were happening and they were written down for our instructions to not do what they did, okay? So that makes us even more without excuse. So now, with that being said, um, I'm going to do 2 Timothy 3.15. But as for you, continue in, you, in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And remember, we mentioned earlier that Paul was basically getting at the Old Testament was God-breathed. And he is trying to prove here that all the scriptures, old and new, are God-breathed, like how God breathed onto creation and how God breathed and spoke and creation was made, right? And he even talks about in our childhood, we've been acquainted with the sacred writings. So now here's what happens when we believe that scripture is God-breathed. It is good for teaching people. It's good for reproof. Now what's reproof? I'm only in third grade. Verbose boy, what's reproof? Hey, I was the one calling you out for being verbose. I'm in third grade. I cannot specify Okay. Okay, so reproof, right? So Oh, oh, I was gonna say something. Okay, go ahead, say it. Okay, so reproof, right? So we have an old, broken <laughs> fence, right? We gotta modify that fence now, don't we? Yeah, so we repair the fence. And Boom. that's literally Rupert. what's happening. Um, I'm not thinking that's right. It's an expression of blame or disapproval, okay? It reproves us. It says, hey, thou shalt not lie. And if I, if you ask me, ask me, have you ever lied? No, ask me that. Have you ever lied? Yeah. What? You just lied again. First of all, we all sin. Second of all, you just sin run out. But that's my point in, in asking you to ask me that question. Because the Bible reproves me. Because the Bible says, thou shalt not lie. So for me to say, I'm not a liar. 
And if you start witnessing and start defending your faith, I love using the Ten Commandments to talk about how good we are. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the first questions I ask. Hey, have you ever lied before? No. Lying right now? Well, yeah, white lies. A lie is a lie, right? So that's what I mean. The Bible reproves us. It blame, it shows us our blame and our sin, right? Go ahead. And the disapproval of Ask it. Ask me if I have stole. No, no, Dad, ask me. Have you ever stolen? Don't yes! Paige, what if a yeah. cop is listening? So now with that being said, right, we talked earlier about being reproved. We talked earlier about obeying and fulfilling the word of God and then being made an example. Remember what the scripture we read about? Uh, being made an example and then... It was written down as instruction. So you got in trouble. Mm -hmm. Remember that? And mm -hmm. you were kind of made an, an, an example. So that's oh. what I mean. And you know what? I'm glad you're able to confess your sin. And that's one other thing about Christianity that um, I think is such a blessing is that Christianity is confessional. We confess our need for God. We confess our love for God. We confess our sins to God. And he is just and he's able to forgive us all of our sin and unrighteousness, right? So we're going to move on to the origin of the directives of God on how we're supposed to live holy, okay? I know that was a big sentence. Basically, we're going to talk about holiness and where we get holiness from instruction-wise, right? Where do we get the instruction to be holy from? Where do you think it came from? The Bible. Yes, but what in the Old Testament comes from? We just talked about it. Ten Commandments. That's right. So you're only in third grade and you know that. So you talk about it a lot at home. That's good. We're always, we need to re be reminded about the law of God, right? Because the whole point of the Ten Commandments and the law of God is to show us that we're not perfect and we cannot live the Ten Commandments. So, because God is going to judge us by the Ten Commandments. You know that, right? And so with that being said, we're that's what we're talking about. So the directives from God, for holy living they come from basically old and new testament right for us but you can actually say that the ten commandments were one of the main ways that god communicated what he wanted for righteous living right listen to this and it was also the way that the, the old testament scripture was the central and true devotion for all of israel so all of israel was supposed to love god by living the ten commandments and, not and the law sinning. right but they kept seeing that they couldn't do it and they kept sinning and sinning and sinning and god kept forgiving and forgiving and forgiving <laughs> and all of that was a foreshadowing for the ultimate forgiveness in who jesus god. that's right I mean, jesus okay, first... go to psalm 119 nicholas i need you to get first chronicles chapter 22 119 right yeah, verses 12 and 13. Only may the Lord grant you discretion and understanding that when he gives you charge over Israel, you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper if you are careful to observe the statutes so, and the rules uh, that the Lord commanded Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Fear not. Do not be dismayed. That's mom's favorite verse. Okay, so you know what, Paige? I'm going to have you read Psalm 119, but I need you to read verses. Can you read 1 through 8? Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who take, who, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep the statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have laid down pre precepts that are the be fully, be fully Keep going. <laughs> obeyed. Oh, that my ways were. 
steadfast in obeying your decrees, then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. So we need to learn God's word, right? And the benefit for us is that we have the Old Testament and the New Testament. So there's so much to learn and so much to grow in and so much to be obedient in and, and to fulfill for us. And so Nehemiah, I have Nehemiah. I'm not going to read all of it, but let me see how much there is. And I said Nehemiah 8, right? Yeah. Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah is a good book. Um, so this is when Ezra reads the law, right? And so, and all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, that the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it, facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And it just keeps on going about how and Ezra blessed the Lord and the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. They started worshiping him. So that's one other thing that we need to kind of touch on. But to obey, to fulfill the law, Christ did that. We're called to obey and fulfill the law. And how we live with each other, how we are called to repent and confess. Because yeah. Christianity is a confessional faith. So what we need to do is fulfill the law, okay, and what we need to be as Christians, even before that, Scripture is basically deep in meaning, right? And it contains what you have it in, in as a class in your in your middle school. It starts with an H. Oh, history. Yes, it shows the history of the people of God, the migration of Abraham and the covenant and everything else. And then it also shows what? What else does it show? We talked about, starts with a P. I asked who the last one was, and we said it was John Prophet. the Baptist. Prophets, right? And then we also see in Scripture that we just read Psalm 119, and you notice that there was Beth, and you asked who Beth was, and it was, a, it was the Hebrew alphabet, right? It was the letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Poems. There are poems. There are songs in the Bible. There's a book of wisdom called Proverbs. Right? You've got sermons from Jesus, Sermon on the Mount, and all the various sermons in the New Testament. You've even got statistics, right? Leviticus. You've got numbers. All of those things in the Old Testament. that, And they all serve a purpose. And it points to Jesus Christ. And you get letters received as they are from God. And so initially, God, and it's said this way in the Bible. Um, well, no, scholars have said, you know, God is so infinite meaning we can never fully understand them forever, ever, ever, ever. And we're so finite, meaning we have a cap on our being able to understand anything. But God, when he wrote the Bible, it was essentially like baby talk. So what we read in the Bible is baby talk to God in order for us to understand. That's the only way we can try to grip how full of wisdom God is and how holy and how great and just knowledgeable he is. It just right? occurred to me how complicated God can make the Bible sound. And and, and yet he doesn't. That's you know what we see? We see so many different characteristics of God in the Bible. And 
that's the thing. We're going to move forward after this episode. We're going to grow in our understanding of who God is, and it's all going to be coming from the Bible. So my hope is that as we continue to do this, that we start to become grateful and that we humble ourselves before the word and that we as a family and individually, we, we need to seek God's word, okay? Because it's a letter to us from God, and it's the, the direct way he communicates his attributes, who he is, and his desire to covenant with his people, his desire to be in covenant with us, okay? So, that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode. You guys you have anything else to say? Uh, yes, this I is us signing off. Yeah. Outro music.